What'd you do? Murder someone? You're next. Next on the Wonder Years. We just skipped school. You skipped school? This is going to go on your permanent record. I just cut my nose with this paperclip. Wayne's a smart kid. He stopped acting so dumb. You have to concentrate or you're never going to be ready for your SATs. How about the test? We didn't take it. You guys were kidding, right? We did something a little better. A lot better. Wayne, what did you do? We talked it over and we joined the... And the thing is... After all these years, I still look back with wonder. Happy Friday, Wonderlings! This is Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. And today, I will be covering Season 5, Episode 14, so we're a little over the halfway mark of Season 5. But this is Season 5, Episode 14, Private Butthead, which aired on February 5th, 1992. And here's the IMDb synopsis. Wayne goes to take his SATs, but shocks his family when he decides to try and join the army instead. With the Vietnam War still going on, the Arnolds are afraid that Wayne could be shipped off and into the war. Alright, here's a little trivia. Kevin says that Wayne's SAT score was 317. It was never possible to score below 400 on the SAT. And it was also never possible to score something ending in a digit other than zero. In addition, you would have to really, really try to get below 700 even then. Well, person putting this trivia in, you clearly don't know Wayne Arnold. He doesn't have to try to fail. He just, he doesn't. He just doesn't. This episode on IMDb actually has an 8.7 out of 10. And I can understand why, because this is such a heartbreaking episode. And I do want to read the little um, thing that I wrote up on Instagram, because I I really liked what I wrote there. Alright, this is what I wrote. Next Friday, we finally get a Wayne episode. This is so heartbreaking. In my mind, this is Jason Hervey's Emmy moment at the end of this episode with Jack. Because that really tears me up. We get to see a whole other side of a a whole other side of Wayne we didn't know existed. Not to mention, one of the few times he and Dan Laria have a real scene together, just the two of them. They both did great, and we get to see Wayne be the wise older... What the hell? Sorry about that. Something popped up on the screen. We get to see... Why, uh, Wayne be the wise older brother giving advice to Kevin, which we rarely, rarely ever see that. So, now I want to read the booklet real quick. There's like um, some of the questions that Norma asks Wayne in the SATs booklet is in there. Also, the description in the booklet here says screw ups, Wayne and Wart. What a what a duo. Decide to quit school and join the army despite Jack's disapproval. Did he quit school? He's in his senior year. And I wouldn't even think he'd have that far to go. I'm sure they probably want you to finish school, Wayne, before you join the army. 
The featured song in this episode was Forever Young by Joan Baez. Such a beautiful song. Okay. SAT prep. Can you answer Wayne's College Board exam practice questions? Number one. Which of these best defines obsequious? A. Toxic. B. Easily upset. C. Fawning. D. Ambitious. Um... Well, if I had to go with obsequious, to me that sounds, I don't know, like easy, easily upset. It's not. It's actually fawning, which makes such, fawning is such a word, like you're just fawning over somebody. Like, oh, you know, praising them and just drooling all over them and adoration. So, obsequious just sounds gross. It sounds like something... A is toxic. So, it almost sounds like something toxic. Like a disease. Well, disease isn't toxic. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay. The second one. Which of these best defines lugubrious? I can barely pronounce it. A. Tasteful. B. Mournful. C. Unnatural and D. Sympathetic. Here's a bonus. Define phlegmatic. <laughs> Alright, but the answer to B, which if I say lugubri, lugubri, I can't say it anymore. I say that sounds kind of. It almost sounds like, uh. Look, uh, I'm gonna go with tasty, <laughs> but it's actually B. It's mournful. Um, phlegmatic is calm. Oh my goodness! All right, guys, how about I just jump right into this episode? If you hear any cars passing, it's because they have the windows open. I also have the fan like right behind me because it's warm up here. Actually, I forgot. Here, let me do the quote real quick. This is the opening quote. In 1972, the war was still raging in Vietnam. Politicians kept talking, soldiers kept dying, and no one seemed to know why. But, maybe because the war had gone gone on too long, or maybe because it had caused too much pain. Whatever the reason, most of us managed to keep it at a distance and go on with our everyday normal lives. Also, if you're new to the podcast and want to connect with the podcast, you can do so by following LBOM Wonder Years Pod on Instagram. You could also go to Facebook and like and follow the Looking Back on My Wonder Years and Wonder Years Facebook page. Also, if you want to reach out to me personally in the podcast, you can do so by emailing me at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. Now, we open up the episode, and it looks like stock footage from Vietnam, whether this is actual footage that was taken at Vietnam, or whether this is just stock footage with actors portraying Vietnam, I don't know. So now we're at the kitchen table with Wayne and Norma. Norma's going through the booklet. And so as Norma's reading the first question to him, Wayne's got that paperclip in his nostril. He yanks it out. That was a stupid move. 
He's like, ow, I just cut my nose on this paper clip. It's like, well, no, duh. Of course you would do that. It's a sharp object and you're shoving it up your nose and yanking it out. And of course, Norma could care less. It's like, you're not bleeding or anything. You're fine. You're fine. We need to focus, Wayne. Come on. But as we know, focusing in schoolwork is not Wayne's strong point. Well, of course, Wayne, we learn, has already taken the SATs. He's like, I don't, I already took them once. Why do I gotta take them a second time? And Norma's like, well, yes, I know you did take them, but you know what? You need to do a little bit better. And by a little bit, I mean a lot better. I mean, my guess is he didn't even look at the questions. He just saw the little uh, Scantron card, if that's how they do it, in 1972. And just he was just filling out haphazard. Like, oh, I guess I'll go with two. Or I, I'll go with B. Oh, this one looks good. I'll go with D. You know, and blah, 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 blah. Or he went A. Next one, B. Next one, C. Next one, D. And then so on and so forth. It's like, I think... I can't even remember. I never took the SATs, but I remember picking, like, the MEEP or something like that and it's high school, and I just... It wasn't a big deal in my mind. It's, like, some of the stuff I flat out did not know. I'm like, I'm just gonna guess at it because pff, way over my head. So Wayne is like, you know, I don't know what the big deal about college is. It's not like if I don't go... Then I'm going to get drafted, which this brings up, you know, of course, it's 1972. The Vietnam War is still going strong, and they've taken to drafting guys that are, like, 18 years and older. And Wayne's draft number, which Kevin says is 312, which Kevin says is the same amount that Wayne got on his SAT. So, Norma brings up obsequious again, and she's like, alright, obsequious, mean, obsequious means, like, she's, like, kind of waving her hand, like, come on, come on, Wayne, I know you know this, we just talked about it, like, five seconds ago, and he's like, and she's like, it's fawning. She just looks at him like she's reminding him, like, okay, obsequious means what? And he just looks at her, duh. Like, he clearly, like, he doesn't know. And she just said this, like, five seconds ago. Finally, Kevin's like, it's fawning. My God, Wayne, you can't be that stupid. Now, uh, Norma moves on to the next word, which is lugubrious. And of course, now Wayne is sticking a pencil in his ear, eraser first. Now that's not nearly as bad as long as he doesn't jab it in there and like burst his eardrum like I did when I was 13. It wasn't a pencil either. It was one of those um, little pointy like pick things that like holds in like curlers like from back in the day. I'd use it, like, on my right ear. I get a lot of earwax in there, and I use, like, the pointy end, which was stupid. All of a sudden, I heard this pop, and I'm like, oh, shit. So my grandma had to take me to the doctor, and, of course, they said I popped my eardrum. They said it would, you know, eventually be fixed. And everything, I remember just having to have a cotton ball in my ear while I was in English class in seventh grade. It was, yeah. 
So in the next scene, Jack has the boys up on the roof with him. They're replacing the shingles, which these are more like wooden, um, wooden, uh, shingles, basically. So now Wayne isn't doing the thing with the shingles correctly. His, Jack's like, Wayne, what the hell are you doing? You're supposed to overlap them. You don't put any more than two nails per shingle. What the hell? And he's like, oh, but I am overlapping them. And he's like, oh, damn it, Wayne. You can't do anything right. Jack is saving so much money having him and the boys do this rather than ha hiring a professional, which you know Jack would never hire a professional to do anything on his house that he could himself do and save money. Jeremy and I had finally gotten our roof fixed. We've been in the house... Let's see, last year it would have been eight years. We finally got, we've had the roof on for a little over a year now. And the point is we had no choice. We kept putting it off for as long as we could until there's eventually there's a leak in the bathroom downstairs above the toilet. And it was the point where we had a little bucket by the side of the toilet in the wall to collect the water and everything like that. And it just finally, my dad was looking at it. Like about a year ago, it's like you got you gotta. We're gonna look into this because we actually had somebody from I think it was was it Home Depot just come out and do a presentation or something like that. And then da my dad finally said, "You know what? Let us look. I will look into it, and your uncle and I will decide who is the best person to go with. You know where you live and everything." And they basically had done that. My dad said, here's who we are going to go with. Call and set an appointment. So I did that. Now we have a new roof. But the damage done to the ceiling in the bathroom above the toilet is going to have to eventually be replaced. It's going to have to be the, the whole bathroom is going to have to be fixed. Especially the floor where the toilet was leaking because it needed a new uh, ring around it, which my dad had finally fixed. But we had uh, damage to the linoleum. Anyway, Sorry to bug you about my house issues that are thankfully no longer issues. So Wayne and Kevin reach for something. I think it's in the toolbox or something. And the tarp that's rolled up that was right by it ends up rolling down their part of the roof. And then it lands on the ground. Like, damn it. Boys, what are you doing? You're making a mess. I want to play this clip here with, uh, you know, Jack yelling at Wayne, Wayne, you're not listening, I gave you a direction, you're not even coming close to following it, Kevin is like, hey, Wayne, don't worry, Dad, you know, he just wants what's best for you, blah, 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 Wayne doesn't want to hear that from Kevin, he doesn't want to be told, you know, he's not going to take any advice or any type of sympathy or anything from Kevin. He doesn't want to hear that. So, of course, he gets into a shoving match with Kevin on the damn roof, which is very, very dangerous, especially for where they're sitting. That is so dangerous. They could have rolled off and broke their damn necks. And then he'd be minus two sons. Yeah. I can't get on a roof. My dad actually once made me get on the roof of his house... To help clean out the chimney. I was so freaked out. So here's the clip.
So Kevin thinks he can give a, his older brother advice. Like, hey, Wayne, just... Dad doesn't mean anything by this, alright? He's just... You know, he he cares about you. That's why he's, like, on your ass all the time. And Wayne just looks at Kevin like... Fuck off. I didn't ask for your advice, did I? It's like, yeah, I know Kevin's trying to be the, like, oh, don't worry, Dad's just, you know, that's Dad. He's just like this. Like, come on, Kevin, I know you're trying to be all nice and brotherly and everything, but it's just, come on, just mind your own business, all right? You're just going to set Wayne off because nothing you ever say will ever be what he wants to hear. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to beat up on Kevin here emotionally, but just some things is just, just keep stuff to yourself. You know, you know how the brothers, you know how Wayne is. He's not going to take your advice. He's going to shove your ass off that roof. And the one thing I get is just like, Wayne is known to be a screw up and stuff. But the thing I'm thinking of is like, Say someone's constantly looking over your shoulder all the time and on your ass and just, you're not doing it right. You're not. When you start getting a little stressed out and start making mistakes because they're practically glued to your butt, just looking over your shoulder. Oh my gosh. Now Kevin's got his own little, uh, time with the, with the guidance counselor, because Kevin is what? Like, a sophomore at the moment. He's not quite... Season 6 is when he's a junior. And she's just kind of going through his file, looking at his grades, his classes, to get an idea like, okay, what are your interests? Do you have any hobbies? Just basically we want to look at, you know, in a couple years you're going to be applying to colleges and just to kind of... You know how he's on the track... He just needs to be kind of steered into a direction. Just, even if he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life, at least if he can give her a little couple hints to get the ball swinging. It's never too early to start thinking about college. Granted, I only took one semester and a couple classes, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about Kevin, and we're gonna, we're talking about Wayne. Because college is definitely... You got to think about it. You have four years of high school. By the time you get to your sophomore, junior, especially junior, you probably have to start, like, seriously thinking about college and, like, probably going to college day and those things. I want to play this clip because this lady just kind of glowers at Kevin like, are you related to Wayne Arnold? And of course, Kevin's like, oh, no, no, not me. Of course not. Remember in the pilot episode when Kevin started junior high and that was the thing his teacher, like, you're Wayne's brother, aren't you? And he's like, oh, well, my mother says that, but what I think, and she's like, you got a tough road to hoe, guy, a tough road to hoe. As in, you're basically guilty just by association. And the fact that you're his brother, yeah, I'm not going to make it easy for you. Like, don't judge one kid based on the antics of his brother. That's not fair. Don't peg him like that. But I want to play this clip. The long arm of my guidance counselor was reaching out for me. Are you related to Wayne Arnold? No. Well, then, what do you plan to do with your life? 
My life? All of it? Yes. What are you interested in? Well... Let's see. There were cars, girls, sports, and girls. I like to read a lot. Oh, anything in particular? Well... Let's see. There were books about cars, girls, sports, and girls. I like the classics. In that case, you should start thinking about what college you want to go to. Really? You have a chance to really do something with your life. You should start thinking about the future. And faced with that mature logic, there was only one thing to say. Do I need a hall pass to get back in the class? Thanks. So she barely glanced at his file. Oh, your name's Kevin? Okay, great. And the fact that he says, no, I'm not related to Wayne, she's like, oh, okay, very well then. It's like, so what, if he had said, yes, he's actually my older brother, which he said, okay, leave my office now, we have nothing to say to each other, I'm not gonna help you. You're probably as far gone as your brother is. So she basically asks, you know, what are your hobbies, what are your interests, and of course, adult Kevin, you know, in his mind is like, oh, let's see, cars, girls, and sports. And he's oh, well, I like to read. And she's like, oh, really? Like, uh, what What do you like to read? And he's like, oh, well, let me think here. Uh, magazines about um, cars, uh, girls, um, and sports. And, oh, uh, girls, yeah. <laughs> but, of course, he just says to her, oh, I like the classics. Typical answer. Of course you'd say that. And then she's like, oh, well, that's great. So, you know what? I think you should start thinking seriously about college. He's like, really? You think, like, basically, oh, you think I have a shot? I could be, yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Out of Kevin, Winnie, and Paul, who do you think is the most studious? Paul is going to be number one. Then Winnie... I mean, although they could be tied for number one. Kevin's going to be third. While he, while he seems like an okay student and everything, the ones that really seem to apply themselves that are dedicated is Paul. He is very studious. Winnie seems to take very... I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of her other than when Kevin is, you know, constantly fantasizing, you know, thinking about her and this and that. We really didn't get to hear too much from her POV when she was at Lincoln. In fact, we've never really known her point of view unless she's talking about something in her life, which she really doesn't, except for the season four accident episode when she was telling Kevin how different it was being at a different school and this and that. Yeah. So basically Kevin just like, hey, um, can, do I need a hall pass to get back to class? And she hands him one, and as he's coming out, he sees Wayne and Wart. Looks like they are sitting there waiting for the principal, and Kevin's like, what did you guys do? Did you rob a bank? Did you kill somebody? And when their names are called, Wart and Wayne stand up, and Wart takes a pencil, snaps it in half with a serious look on his face, looks Kevin dead in his eyes, and says... (laughs) You're next. Like, whoa, of course. Wart, of course, when he's sitting there before Kevin comes up to them, Wart is flinging band-aids at girls' asses as they walk past. And, of course, they laugh like, oh, I got it right in the ass. <laughs> oh, my God, you stupid kid. You st- Ugh, I don't like Wart. Never did. Never did. So, when Kevin's like, hey, what are you doing here? Wayne's like, 
Oh, we're getting awards for being the stop the the <laughs> the top students in our class. Bullshit. Of course. Kevin can see right through that. Like, you are getting the top awards of being the top of anything. Especially not in your graduating class. You'd barely be towards the bottom. So, that guy does not look... Is he the principal and the other guy is the assistant principal? I'm not entirely sure. Unless he's the superintendent. I'm not sure. So, right behind Wayne's head, there's this bulletin board that has one of those I want you for the U.S. Army with one of the um, presidential guys dressed up in red, white, and blue. I don't know which one, but yeah. Um, turns out Wayne and Wart skipped school. And we're going to find out just why they skipped school. That wasn't a pencil that Wart broke. What was that? Some wooden thing? He's like, and Wayne's like, oh, we just skip school. Like, it's no big deal. We do it all the time or some crap. Like, um, yeah, you think that Jack and Norma are kind of, like, just take that lying down? Hells no! They're going to be on his ass in the next scene. Jack is like, you skipped school? And, of course, Norma is like, you know this will go on your per permanent record. And Wayne's watching TV trying to duck around, you know, Jack trying to look at the television. And it's like, he doesn't... Wayne doesn't care. Like, I don't care if I skip school. I don't care if I drop out tomorrow. I might drop out tomorrow. What are you gonna do? So I'm gonna play this clip. Hmm. You skip school? I didn't say anything. You didn't have to. The principal called. Honey... How could you skip school? We didn't skip. I mean, we were gonna go, but then we just didn't go at the last minute. Well, where did you go? Nowhere. We didn't do anything. Could have done that at school. Honey, this is going to go on your permanent record. So? So? Suppose you don't get into college. What are you gonna do then? I don't know. I'll work at Norcom. Fat chance. What do you mean? Dad did it. Wayne, first I went to college, then I went into the Marines, and then I went to work at Norcom. So I'll just get there a little faster. But if my brother was looking for a free lunch, you wouldn't get in the front gate. Seemed the kitchen was closed. Well, thanks for your support, Dad. I really appreciate it. Wayne... Go into your room and study for your SATs. No, thanks. And there it was. A classic power struggle. A standoff between generations. Son. Now! Not that the outcome was really in doubt. So, Wayne is like, oh, we didn't actually skip. Well, I mean, we were going to go to school. But then at the last minute, we said, you know what? No, we're just going to not go. And she's like, well, what did you do? And Wayne's like, oh, we didn't do anything. And Kevin, of course, is at the dining room table, stud uh, flipping through a magazine or history book or whatever. He's like, could have done that at school. And Jack brings up college. It's like, um, have you given any thought to what you're going to do about college and everything like that. 
Wayne's a senior. He should have been gotten those SAT scores if he took them again. Started applying. I mean, a community college. Don't they practically pretty much take just about everybody? That you really, your GPA really, it's not a huge fact. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. But. Wayne's like, oh, you know, I may just go and uh, work at Norcom. I mean, Dad did it. And Jack's like, well, I went to college first. And then I joined the Army. And then I went to Norcom. See, he had Army and college on his resume. So I'm sure that would bump him up past a few people that didn't have that experience. And Jack is like... You wouldn't even get in the front door at Norcom. And of course, Wayne takes that as an insult, looks at his dad like, oh, great, dad. Thanks for the vote of confidence. That's real helpful. Jack just stares down at Wayne and he's like, son, go study for your SATs. And Wayne, of course, they have a television remote. It's 1971 or two. And it Wayne's, like, turning the volume up on the TV, which I'm sure it just had an on-off button, volume button, channel button. I don't, might have had a mute button. I doubt it had a, one of those, uh, quick buttons that you push to go, uh, but flip between one channel and the other. I swear, when I did that once when I was at my grandma's house, I didn't know what that did. And I hit it once, and it went to whatever channel was being watched before, and I freaked out, and I hit it again. Like, oh my gosh. I thought I, like, messed up the TV or something. But anyway, so Wayne flat out was like, no, no thanks, I'm not going to do that. And Jack is like, son, now go to your room and study. Or I will drag you out of this living room and throw you in your room. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but... Now it's nighttime. Kevin's coming out of the bathroom after having probably just taken a shower and brushed his teeth. He's looking at Wayne, who's flipping through his SAT booklet. So here's this clip with uh, Kevin and Wayne here. Still, it was becoming clear to me that in the war between Dad and Wayne, the casualties were beginning to mount. What are you doing? I'm bowling. You want me to ask you some questions or something? Buzz off. I don't even know why I'm bothering with this stuff. I mean, I mean, look at this word. Phlegmatic. Do you know what phlegmatic means? Calm. Calm. Can you believe that? I mean, it doesn't even sound like calm. Sounds like when your nose is stuffed up and you have a cold and you're phlegmatic. Yeah, you're right. Shut up, will ya? And why can't people just say they're calm? Why do they have to say they're phlegmatic? They're just jerks. Yeah. Anyway, you have a few more days. Yeah, you're right. Gotta be more phlegmatic. Yeah. But I guess we both knew. What am I gonna do? Somehow, this problem went deeper than phlegm. 
So Kevin goes to Wayne's room, says, hey, you want me to ask you a few questions? And Wayne's like, no, no. And he's like, hey, do you know what phlegmatic means? Just like, absolutely. He's like, mm. Like, I bet you don't know. And of course, adult Kevin knows. It's calm. But does 16-year-old Kevin know? As Wayne's like, calm. It means calm. Like, And why don't they just say that? Well, the people that use phlegmatic to describe calm are people that clearly want to show off their intelligence. Like, oh, I could say calm, but I'm going to say phlegmatic. Come on. That is just tutti-frutti. I don't like it. Don't ever do that. I mean, it's one thing if you want to use, you know, little words, you know, but don't go all hoity-toity. Don't do that. It's insulting to people. It doesn't make you look good in the long run. But phlegmatic wings, right? It does sound like, like phlegm. It sounds just like phlegm. And as Kevin turns to go... We hear Wayne say, what are we going to do? He's really, really stressed. He's chewing on his pencil. He's chewing on his, you know, thumb and stuff like that. I do the same thing when I'm stressed. I mean, I I don't uh, chew on my pencils, but uh, I chew on my fingers sometimes when I get really, really stressed. So in the next scene, Norma's gotten a couple of things, you know, maybe not groceries, groceries, but she's probably just picking up like the essentials until grocery day. And I think Wayne, or I, excuse me, I think Jack and I think Kevin's also up there helping him. Okay, yeah, it is. It's Jack and Kevin working. Aren't they done yet? How long would it take to do all that? Oh my god, it'll take forever. But think of the money you'd save. That's true. Sorry, just answer my own question. Oh, so Wayne is uh, doing the SAT daily. Okay, I was going to say, I thought he already took it a second time was waiting for results. And Norma's like, oh, is Wayne back yet? And Jack's like, oh, no, not yet, not yet. And, you know, Norma's like, oh, he was so nervous this morning. Just, I feel bad for him. It's like, well, yeah. What are you going to do? All you can do is be there and support him, Norma. That's all you can really do. You know, he can take it or leave it. What he does with that comfort is up to him. It's out of your hands, it's in his. As scary a thought as that may be. So I want to play this clip here between Jack and um, Kevin. Kevin is kind of maybe putting Wayne down just a smidge a little bit. And Jack actually comes to Wayne's defense. Like, hey, lay off your brother, he's not so bad. And he does tell a little story about when Wayne was learning to walk. It took him a little longer. But when he got up on his feet, he didn't just take a few steps. He ran clear across the living room. So basically what he's saying is it might take Wayne a little bit longer than most people. But when he does do something, you'll be amazed. You will be amazed. Not yet. Oh, he was so nervous this morning. Hope he remembers what obsequious means. I hope he remembered his pencil. By that Saturday, I guess we were all feeling a little tense. I know I was. You know, Dad, Wayne really studied like crazy for those SATs. About time. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is sometimes he just has trouble getting 
What are you talking about? Wayne's a smart kid. He stopped acting so dumb. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is that... Look, a lot of kids don't do that well in high school. I didn't do that well myself. There's a chance for Wayne to turn things around. But it seemed to me the dad was missing the point here. Well, what if he can't? You know, Wayne had a lot of trouble taking his first step. It took him a long time to do it. But when he finally did it, he didn't just take a step, he ran across the room. Then he fell on his butt. But he got back up again. And for the first time in a long time, I could see how much Dad was rooting for Wayne. How proud he was of him. I actually had the feeling everything was going to be all right. Hey, Dad! How was the test? Was it tough? Well, um... About the test. We didn't take it. What do you mean you didn't take it? Well, we did something a little better. A lot better. What'd you do? Well, we've been thinking. Yeah, we were thinking. And... Why spend four years in a college when there's a much better way to get a career? Wayne, what did you do? Well, we talked it over and we joined the army. So Wayne and Wart drive up. Actually, Wart's real name is Dave, and his last name is Wart Shafter, so that's probably why they call him Wart. Um, they drive up. I'm guessing that's Wart's car, because Wayne is, like, riding shotgun. Where's Wayne's car? I thought he had a car. Did something happen to it? Did it die? Well, Jack asks, hey, how'd the test go? And Wayne's like, oh, well, we didn't go. Actually, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, I feel like, um, I don't think they're going to give you many options to retake the SATs. You're a senior, Wayne. So anyway, Wayne's like, oh, we did something so much better. I mean, why waste four years at college when you can get a career and we joined the army? And I'm surprised Jack didn't fall off that roof. I'm surprised he didn't have a heart attack right there. I'm like, Wayne, are you trying to kill your father faster? Because we know he dies two years after season six in 1972. He dies in 74. Like, probably just after Kevin finishes high school. So, this is not good news. I mean, this is the height of the Vietnam War. They're gonna just throw you to the wolves, basically. You're get, and I want to play this because Jack is on the phone in the next scene. He's probably trying to talk to a congressman or somebody so that way he can get this reversed. My guess is they went to one of those army recruiting centers and just signed up. So I'm going to play this clip. This can't be happening. Even so, it had. My mother's worst nightmare was coming true. Honey, you are just in high school. Mom, we're 18 years old, and besides, I mean, the sergeant really liked us. Yeah, he said we were special. Yeah. It was unbelievable. My brother had joined the army. 
You guys are kidding, right? No, butthead. Which left only one sane, reasonable response. How did you come up with such a dumb, stupid, idiotic idea? Well, actually, it was my idea. And you listen to him? That's real bright. Thanks. Dad, I mean, listen, you know, it's not as dumb as it sounds. I mean, if you just think about it, I mean, it makes sense. The pay is good. And besides, they'll teach us to be anything we want. Mechanics, uh, engineers, uh, topographical specialists. Yeah. Ward, go home. I asked him to stay for dinner. Goodbye, Ward. And with those social pleasantries out of the way... Nice seeing you, folks. It was time for the family to talk turkey. Jack, we can't let this happen. You didn't take your physical yet, right? No, but, you know, that's just... He's not in the Army. Tomorrow you'll go down there and tell him you changed your mind. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. They're gonna send you off to Vietnam. They're gonna pack you up and ship you out so fast your head's gonna spin. That's not what the sergeant said. The sergeant said that... What's the matter with you? They'll tell you anything. You went to Korea. That was different. Why? What was different about it? Because you're a young, dumb kid. Well, you were a young, dumb kid, Wait, too. Wait, listen to me. You're not going. say that and with that so ended my brother's brief career in the military so in the next thing actually it turns out Jack wasn't on the phone he was just kind of sitting there probably rubbing the gunk off his hands with the cloth Norma is telling Wayne Wayne you can't do this and of course Wayne shoots back well we're 18, Mom. You really can't... I'm 18. You can't stop me from doing this. Which, legally, he is an adult, yes. And Wayne says, hey, the sergeant really liked us. And Wart's like, oh, yeah, he said we were special. Like, uh, I bet he did say you were special. They, I mean, the point, they will probably take anyone as long as you pass a physical examination. Because they haven't done that yet. Like, they're just probably looking to fill a quota to sign up all these people. They don't care what your IQ is. I mean, those boys would probably be cannon, uh, cannon fodder or whatever. They'd throw them up there on the front lines, have them killed first. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even think they would make it through basic training. I... I mean, we know, we, for those of you that have seen the show all the way through, you know that Wayne, th that Wart actually does end up passing his physical and he leaves. And then we see him in the season six opener, Homecoming, and he is a fucking wreck. He's got PTSD. Oh my god. And the thing that was kind of going through my mind what, I mean, we know, like I just said, we know, for those of us that have seen the show, Wayne does not pass that physical. And what if he had, think about it, what if Wayne had passed the physical and he was on that bus with Bort? 
what, let's just say, let's just say, what if Wayne actually was killed? Like how Brian Cooper was killed. He was also in Vietnam, right? Do you think Jack and Norma's marriage could survive a death of one of their kids? I mean, look what happened to the Coopers. They almost divorced. They separated. They moved. Mr. Cooper got on a plane and flew out of the state, even though he had another child to support and take care of, Winnie being severely damaged. I'm just curious. I honestly think that Jack and Norma could survive something like that. I really, really think they could. I mean, they survived... Karen moving out and checking up with a guy. I know it's not the same thing as the death of a child and everything. But, and, you know, um, Jack and Karen worked everything out. But, um, I'm just kind of thinking, what if that had happened? What are your guys' thoughts? Let me know. So, Jack, of course, was like, what possessed you to make a decision like this? And Wayne, of course, was like, oh, well, weren't me? We, we both went in. And Jack is like, and you listen to him. That was real smart, Wayne. Like, monkey see, monkey do. I don't know. It's like... So, Jack says, War, go home. And Wayne's like, oh, but I invited him to stay. And Jack just looks at Wart and says, goodbye, Wart, go home. Like, we need to deal with this situation without your little friend here. Who pretty much dragged you into this whole mess. So Wayne goes off about the virtues of joining the army. The pay is good. They will teach you to be whatever you want. Whether it's an engineer. Or working with topographical maps. Or or mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, sure. But Jack is like, what the hell is wrong with you? They will tell you whatever you want to hear to get you to sign up. Hey, if you sign up today, we'll give you a million dollars. We don't have it, but we'll give it to you if you sign up. It's like they'll give you, they'll offer you the moon if you sign up. Like, as soon as your signature is on that, they have you. Of course, Jack's like, oh, did you take your physical yet? And Wayne's like, no, not yet, but... And Jack's like, he's not in the army. Tomorrow you're gonna go down there and you're gonna tell them that you made a mistake signing up. And Wayne is like, no, I'm not doing that. And it's just, yeah, he's like... Jack's like, they will tell you whatever the hell you want to hear. Just... Oh my goodness. And Norma's beside herself. She's, of course, free. Jack is... Jack knows what it was like. Because... Wayne's throwing that in his face, like, well, you were in Korea. It's like, first of all, Jack probably joined in the war when he was, like, maybe 24, 25, okay? He went to college first. He was a young man in his 20s. He wasn't an 18-year-old kid who still had to finish high school. You know, and Jack's been through it. He knows what it's like. He doesn't want that for his son, Especially for Wayne. He's like, they're going to pack you up and th throw you out and drop you in the middle of Vietnam. And you're so fast that your head's going to spin. You're not going to know your ass from your elbow. You are going to be so twisted around. It's like, yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. And, and, and 
Wayne's like, oh, you were, you were a dumb kid too, once too, and blah, blah, blah. And Jack's like, Wayne, you're not hearing me, okay? I've been through this. I know what it's like. There are guys out there that have PTSD, that have probably committed suicide. They might be alcoholic. I don't know. I'm not judging people. But they, a lot of them probably come back with a lot of lot of issues if they're not missing limbs and they're mentally not all there and that they go through so much and you can see like how he wouldn't want that for him he's trying to save Wayne like you can do other things don't use this as an excuse or a last resort because you don't want to go to college so, Jack, basically, he puts his foot down and says, you're not doing that. You're going down there. You're telling them you made a mistake. He's like, whatever, Dad. And Wayne walks out of the room. So, we see Wayne and Wart back at school. during the lunchroom, acting like doofy. They're back in the office again. I don't know what the heck they did, but... Wart's back to flicking girls in the ass with the, the rubber bands. That's assault. So, until the physical happens, um... Don't they gotta wait until Wayne graduates before he can ship off? I would imagine, or does it not matter? I mean, as long as you're 18, you're good to go. So Jack, of course, is working on the car. Wayne is screwing around. He's got his finger through the little hole of a wrench, and he's, like, flipping it around his finger. And, of course, what happens? Well, it falls into the car. Like, ugh, great. Have fun digging for that. You probably messed up something in the car underneath the hood. So Kevin's in his room reading Mad Magazine when Wayne comes in, probably with a bunch of stuff that he's looking to sell or get rid of. And Kevin kind of looks at it like, hey, this is my such and such. or this, And Wayne's like, whatever, just take it, have it all, I don't care, I'm getting rid of my shit. In a way, it was almost reassuring. Hey. Well, I was cleaning out my room and uh, I thought maybe you'd want to buy some of this stuff. Five bucks each? Hey, that's my football. Oh, well, that'll sell you for two. Well, I'm not going to pay you to get my own stuff back. Fine. Take it all. Take whatever you want. What's going on? I, uh. Going down and take my physical now. What? Wayne, you can't do this. Hey, it's my life. Wayne! Yeah, but... Uh, you told Dad that well, you... I had to get him off my back. Told Dad what? <laughs> of course, I knew I should keep my mouth shut. Still, brotherly confidentiality was one thing. He's going in to take his physical. The army was quite another. What are you talking about? You heard him. Uh-uh. And suddenly, war had broken out again. I thought we said you weren't gonna do that. No, Dad. You said I wasn't gonna do it. Wayne, you're not going anywhere. Oh, yes, I am, Dad. And this time, you're not gonna stop me. If you go down there, 
Don't expect me to get you out of this. Maybe Dad was bluffing, maybe not. In any event. Bye, Dad. This time, Wayne didn't blink. I'm going with him, Dad. So Wayne pretty much says to Kevin, like, hey, I'm going down to take my physical. And Kevin's like, well, what about dad? He told you you couldn't do that. And Wayne's like, yeah, well, I, I mean, of course I said no at first. You know, I had to get him off my back. And Kevin's like, well, wait, dad said. And then that's when Jack appears in the doorway. He's like, dad said what? And Kevin, of course, is like, he's going down to take his physical. And Jack's like, well, wait a minute. I thought we decided you weren't going to do that. And Wayne stands up to his father and like, no, dad, you said I wasn't going to do that. And it gets really heated. Jack is pretty much blocking the doorway. You are not going anywhere. And almost Wayne is like basically staring his dad down like, are you going to stop me? And the look in Jack's eyes for a second is like, you don't think I could take you, son? I've been to Korea. And finally, Jack just almost like he admits defeat. There really is nothing he can do. Wayne is a legal adult now. And he just kind of moves out of the doorway and just says, fine, go down there. But you know what? Do not expect me to go down there and bail you out because I am not doing that. So, Wayne leaves, and Kevin, of course, is, you know, he's a little brother. He's like, I gotta, Dad, I want to go down there, and I want to support Wayne, so I'm going with him. You know, this is a big, big thing. This is a life-changing moment. You know, for all they know, because he hasn't taken the test yet. And for all Kevin knows, it's like, this could be one of the last few times he'll see his brother. And as they're writing down there, um... Wayne pulls in and he does give Kevin a little bit of brotherly advice. It's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be able to look out for you anymore. Um, and I just want to give you some advice. Like, don't take any shit from people. And this and that. And it's just, it's a, it's a heartfelt moment for, for him and Kev. It's like, he's just trying to like, I'm not going to be a, be able to look out for you anymore. It's like, but then, of course, probably Kevin's thinking, when did you ever look out for me? I know, Wayne's just trying to make it a heartfelt moment. He, he knows this, in his mind, this might be one of the last few times he sees his younger brother. And he wants to, you know, impart a little brotherly wisdom. But I'm going to play this clip. I'm not sure why I went along. <laughs> Maybe I thought I could help. Maybe I just didn't want him to go there alone. This is it. Yeah. Look, um, I'm not gonna be around to take care of you anymore. I, well, see, the thing is, even when I'm not around, I'm gonna be around. I mean, I want you to have fun, I mean, get into trouble, just don't be the obsequious or 
phlegmatic and and when you think of me, don't be lugubrious. Let's face it, the guy was no orator. I won't. I'd better get in there. I knew there was something I should say. Some way to tell him all the things I was feeling. I just didn't say it very well. I really like the advice that Wayne gives to Kevin. Also, um, he is driving his vehicle. He still has it. Okay. I don't know why the heck I thought he didn't have a car anymore just because, you know, he was riding shotgun with Wart. Was that a cold day? Because when Wayne exhaled, it looked like, um... He, uh, you could see his breath. That must have been a cold day, because yes, I could see his breath there. This must have been an early, like, early morning shoot or something at, like, 7 in the morning or something, when it's still probably a little... Well, wait a minute, when did this... Here, hold on. Okay, I just looked this up, and I looked up when should students take the SAT. In the United States the SAT is given seven times a year. That's a lot of opportunities. So there's October, November, December, March or April, May, June, and August. So <clears throat> I'm guessing maybe this might have been like April or May. Even though they are in California, this could have been early morning. Um, also, the lady that plays the guidance counselor does play the same character in season six in the test episode, <clears throat> which I think is when Kevin and Paul and Winnie all take the SATs then. So Ke um, Wayne could have taken the SATs like in September, October, and then of course he didn't do so hot, so he had to take them again, uh, even though he did not take them again. So they pull in and Wayne turns to Kevin. He's like, look, um... I'm not going to be able to take care of you anymore. He doesn't say look out for you. He says take care of you. If I were Kevin, I'm like, okay, name a specific time when you took care of me. When I started high school and we were in the same school together, you dunked my head in a toilet. When I started junior high, you flat out teased me and Winnie saying we were boyfriend-girlfriend, causing me to get a... Um, suspension or detention or whatever. Because I got such rage in me that I had to take an apple out of the lunchroom and then throw it back into the lunchroom when I got nabbed by DiPerna. Or just all these times. Like, when have you ever been there for him? But then again, this isn't time to bring up old wounds. He's trying to be sentimental here. Wait, er, Kevin even raises an eyebrow, like, excuse me, when did you ever take care of me? And Wayne's like, you know, even when I'm not around, I'm gonna be around. As in, he's gonna be, in be around in spirit, you know? You can think of me when I'm... Think of me, like, when I shove your head or when I, um... When we, like, beat each other up and stuff like that. brother. When we brotherly wrestle and stuff. <laughs> and when you have a problem, think. 
what would Wayne do in this situation? No, he doesn't say <laughs> And he actually does give advice like, I want you to have fun and you'll get into trouble and stuff like that. Like, oh my gosh. You know that's the same advice that Scotty Smalls' mom gave to him in the beginning of the Sandlot episode? <laughs> and I love how Wayne tries to use the three SAT words in a sentence even though he doesn't fully understand what they mean. So Kevin can't think of anything else to say. He just tells Wayne good luck and Wayne heads in there. So Kevin's out there kind of hanging around waiting probably for what, an hour or more? Depending on how many people they got in there to give physicals to. And that's when uh, Jack does show up. Like, even though he said he wasn't going to be there, he's like, I'm sure he's saying, you know, this is my oldest son. I have to be here. I may not dis I may not support the decision that he's making, but I want to be there for him. I guess I wasn't the only one. You still in there? Yeah. Takes a while. so much more for you. I wanted... I failed my physical. I've got psoriasis. They're afraid my back would really peel in the jungle. Psoriasis. Can you believe that? never simple. Not for fathers and sons. We spend our lives full of hope and expectations. And most of the time, we're bound to fail. But that afternoon, as I watched my father sheltering his son against a future that was so unsure, all I knew was 
They didn't want to let each other down anymore. David Wordshafter. May you grow up to be righteous. May you grow up to be true. May you always know. Yeah, you take care of yourself. And see the light. Take care of yourself, man. Don't take any crud from anyone. I won't. Wish you were coming with me. Stand upright and be strong. A few days later, Ward left for basic training. He spent two months at Fort Polk, Louisiana. And then David Wardshafter was shipped to Vietnam. A big, goofy kid know what his future would be. <laughs> oh god. Mm. I am sorry. I, oh my gosh. That ending scene gets me every time. Oh, feel free to ride with me, guys. Everybody, just, uh. So I'm gonna go back. Alright, so Jack pulls up. And he kind of tells Kevin, like, oh, you've been waiting here a bit. And Kevin's like, ah, not too long. And Jack's like, yeah, when I went for mine, it took quite a while. You know, especially depending on how many people they got to go through. And they see Wayne coming out of the doors. And, of course, it's not a I'm happy faced. It's not a I passed my physical. I mean, it's not like he just got his driver's license and he's like, yeah, it's not like that. It's not like that. Um, so Jack goes to head up. Wayne, or Kevin starts to follow, but then Jack puts, like, an arm kind of back, like, kind of holding Kevin back. Like, hey, Kevin, just, um, let me have a word with your brother privately. I kind of want to have a moment here. And he goes up to Wayne and says, hey, how'd it go? And... Wayne's like, well, you know. And Jack's like, oh, yeah, I remember my time. It was a real pain in the rear. Well, they probably had to get a shot in the butt, didn't they? Like, to pr protect against, like, scabies or whatever, yellow fever or, or, or whatever other, um, you know, other type of ailments that you could get being out there with other people and being around people and just the elements and everything. And, yeah. So Jack flat out says, you know, Wayne, I am against this, and I haven't prepared you for it, what you're going to face. And Jack's like, I haven't even, I haven't prepared you for anything, as in, he, I think Jack feels like he's failed Wayne a little bit. Like, I haven't prepared you for life, for what you're going to face after high school. And, you know, he just, he even says to Wayne, it's like, I, I wanted more for you than this. You know, he, he wanted his son to go to college and all of that. And um, Wayne interrupts and he's like, I didn't pass my physical. And he says, I have psoriasis and they're afraid that being in the jungle, my back would really peel. I want to look up psoriasis. I think it's like a, a skin irritation where your, you, you know, your skin flakes off or something. But I want to look and get the clear definition. Alright, this is based on Wikipedia. Psoriasis is a long-lasting autoimmune disease characterized by patches of abnormal skin. These skin patches are typically red, 
itchy, and scaly. Psoriasis varies in severity from small, localized patches to complete body coverage. Injury to the skin can trigger psoriatic skin changes at that spot, which is known as the blah, 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 blah. Oh, they show a picture. It's not pretty. Whoa. Says genetic disease triggered by environmental factors. So yeah, if he were in the jungle and he had, you know, his heavy, you know, if he had like a pack on and everything and it's hot and his skin's starting to sweat and everything, you just can't, oh. Um, there are treatments though. Steroid creams, vitamin D3 cream, ultraviolet light, immune system suppressing medications. I just don't know if this kind of stuff was available in... 1972 um another thing would Wayne have had a physical any other time before this that that ever would have come up or maybe they just now noticed it and maybe Wayne you know you don't really look at your back in the mirror you look when you get out of the shower what do you you look at your face when do you unless there's something there that someone's pointing out or you're like hey let me look at my shoulder blades and you know my back and everything you really don't pay that much attention to it so wayne probably had no idea that he even had psoriasis and wayne is upset of course he's like you know i can't even do this right it's like wayne guy that's not your fault that is a bodily autoimmune issue you don't have control over that I mean, I don't know whether it's hereditary, maybe it's something that's passed down from, you know, the parents, the grandparents or something like that. I don't know. So Jack says, you know, I've been, you've been looking for my help. I don't know where I've been. Just, you know, probably with stuff with, you know, the house, his job, the bills. And Wayne is just, in a way, it's not, he's not flat out asking for Jack's help, but it just, Jack saw, like, my son's not focused on this as far as he, you know, college in his mind is probably on the back burner. Like, just trying to point Wayne in the right direction and everything like that. And it's just, both of them feel like failures. Jack feels that he failed his son. Wayne feels like he's a failure overall in school and in life. And Wayne just... He gets really broken up about it. He's like, I didn't know what to do. And, you know, he goes in for a hug. Jack wraps his arms around Wayne and just kind of pats him on the back and just looks, it's all right, son, it's all right. And I'm over here bawling my eyes out while the song Forever Young plays by Joan Baez. That gets me right in the feels, right in the heart. I mean, you heard the saying, pulling on your heartstrings? No, this is shredding my heartstrings. So as the song plays, we see David Wurtschafter. He's been accepted into the army. He's basically getting on a bus. He says goodbye to Wayne. He says, hey, don't take any crap from anybody. Wayne's like, ah... I won't. Ward is like, oh man, I wish you were coming with me. And everything like that. He calls Kevin Butthead. Um, he hugs his parents. We do get to see Ward's parents. And then he gets on the bus. And then he comes back just outside of the doors of the bus. And just does the salute to Wayne with a smile. And 
Kevin just kind of calls him like a big goofy kid. He spent the first two weeks, I think, in was it Louisiana, and then after that, you know, he was for basic training for two months, and then they shipped him to Vietnam. So that is the last we're gonna see a win until the season six opener, where I don't know how much time has passed. I don't know whether. Wart served his time in Vietnam. I don't know whether it was a two-year stint, a four-year stint. It definitely was not four years. Whether it was a year, I'm not sure what the minimum requirement is. So I'm guessing Wart must have gotten physically injured or something. Because when he comes back, he is the picture of a broken man. He has got severe PTSD. Everyone's going around calling him a baby killer their um lot like explosion they uh Wayne takes him to a football game which large crowds lots of noise you're hearing things going off in the distance he's probably getting flashbacks of being you know within you know gunfire and bombs going off and this and that and everything and it's just that is not the type of environment that you want to put somebody in that going to put them right back on the battlefield. And of course Wayne didn't experience that so he has no idea what his friend is facing but we're going to get to that in season 6. So this is pretty much the end of the episode. This is breaks my heart. Just we know Wayne has never been the studious character. He's the goofball. He doesn't really take things seriously. So where does he go from this point? He's going to be graduating high school. Well, if you've seen season six, if you haven't, spoiler alert, he does eventually get into NORCOM. Jack is able to pull some strings and basically he's like, Wayne's like the mail guy or delivering stuff. So it's not any real big job. It's entry level, basic, you know, anybody can do it. Just, you know, it's his foot in the door, basically. So that is the end of the episode. Um, as far as the rating goes, I'm... Let me think about it and I'll be right back. I am going to give this one a 4 out of 5 one, uh, flower power petals. Uh, one, I liked Norma at the beginning. She was trying to get Wayne into... Um, you know, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. Uh, she's trying to get Wayne into taking the SATs again and studying with him, like physically sitting there with him and going through the booklet. I liked Jack defending Ke uh, Wayne to Kevin, like, hey, lay off your brother. You know, you don't know. He usually, it takes him a bit to get something, but when he does, you know, he is, he does it ten times better than anyone, basically. Um... I liked um, Wayne's advice, you know, his little bit of brotherly advice to Kevin. I really, really liked that. I liked, um, even though Jack does not support Wayne's decision, he does go down there to the army um, physical place. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, to talk to Wayne, and they hug, and it's beautiful, and I'm bawling my eyes out while I watch it. The end, of course, when David Wart, after Wart gets on the bus, he hugs his parents, he says goodbye to Wayne, 
And then he gives us one last, he gives a salute with a smile. And Kevin kind of says, well, he went to basic training for two months. He was shipped to Vietnam right after um, the song Forever Young plays in the background. It's beautiful. Rips at my heartstrings. Uh, um, as far as for Wonderling Words of Wisdom, um, I'd say look at all of your options. Definitely explore them. Don't just go with the first thing that comes to your mind. Because you never know when you could make a decision. You might you regret it later. You don't, I mean, maybe that's not how I want to say it. Um, just look at every option and make a pros and cons list too. That is very, very helpful when making decisions. Talk to people. Give them an idea if you're, you're troubled by something and you need help making a decision. Go to someone that you trust and let them kind of help you. Like, get it out. Just tell them what you're worried about and what you're thinking. Let somebody talk to you. You don't got to pay a shrink just $200 an hour or more to hear your problems. Just, just if you have a friend that you trust or a coworker or a somebody and you're making that what Wayne was deciding was a life choice. He was making a choice that would affect him for the rest of his life and not just him, his family as well. So think about that. The choices you make will, I mean, it's your choice to make in the end, but also think of others that it will, especially if you have family, you love family and everything like that. And I'm sure in the end, whatever you decide, they're going to support you because that's what family does. All right, here's a little bit about next Friday's episode, which is season five, episode 15. We are more than halfway done with season five. This episode is entitled Of Mastodons and Men, which aired on February 12th, 1992. This would have been two days before Valentine's Day. Kevin starts spending most of his time with his new girlfriend, Julie, and her family, no longer allowing him to hang out with the guys. So she's pretty much monopolizing all of his time. When she all of a sudden wants him to quote-unquote go steady, as in, I don't want you seeing any other girls but me, he begins to have second thoughts about their relationship. First of all, how long has he been dating her? That is a major, major step. You don't make that choice willy-nilly. You don't want to have regrets. You know, just, just hang out. But the thing is, Girlfriends, boyfriends, don't monopolize your significant other's time. It's cool to hang out, talk on the phone, what have you. But there's a point where you monopolize their entire time. Like, I want you to be with me always. I don't want you to hang out with anyone else. That is very obsessive. That is very controlling. You need to have a life outside of your significant other. And they need to have a life outside of you. It's great to be together all the time. But seriously... Too much of a good thing isn't always a good thing. I mean, even Jeremy and I, when we were dating, we both worked different jobs at one point. And even now, the only times we see each other is like late, late at night or early in the morning. We both work different shifts. He works first, I work second. We see each other on the weekends. If we saw each other all the time, we'd probably drive each other nuts. 
Well, probably not, but still. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, that's a big commitment she's asking of Kevin. And I remember in the episode where she, he goes to get her a drink and he comes back and she's like, oh, did you miss me? And even he looks at her like, uh, I just wanted to get you a drink. I was gone like maybe two seconds. How could I miss you already? This girl is starved for attention. She wants the guy's eyes only on her, not hanging out with his friends. Oh my gosh. All right. Let's uh, give a warm welcome to some Wonderling listeners for the week. Actually, I'm sorry. I want to say this ending quote is so beautiful by adult Kevin at the end of the episode, which you might have heard in the clip, but I, I love it. It's very sweet. Love is never simple, not for fathers and sons. We spend our lives full of hope and expectations, and most of the time we are bound to fail. But that afternoon, as I watched my father sheltering his son against a future that was so unsure, all I knew was they didn't want to let each other down anymore. That is so beautiful and so wise. All right, let's say hey to some Wonderling listeners. Des Moines, Iowa. I know that from uh, Terms of Endearment. I think that's where uh, they moved to from Texas. Maynard, Massachusetts. Camden, New Jersey. Poland. London, United Kingdom. Pakistan. Mountain View, California. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Centerville, Maryland, Lowell, Michigan. Okay, I'm curious to know what the Lowell, Michigan is. Is this somebody that I know? Because who else knows I have this podcast other than my family? Whittier, California, Muskegon, Michigan, Evanston, Illinois, India, Marietta, California. I've heard of Marietta. Australia, Kota, India, Nani, India. I'm sorry if I mispronounced these. Copenhagen, De- Copenhagen, Denmark, Farina, Illinois, Traverse City, Michigan, Lostoff, United Kingdom, Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Lynn, Massachusetts, Augusta, Georgia, Mount Holly, New Jersey, Geneva, Illinois, Moreno, <laughs> Moreno Valley, California, I'm sorry, I mispronounced, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, North Bergen, New Jersey, India, Easton, Maryland, India, Houston, Texas, Los Angeles, California, Urbania, Illinois, Berlin, Germany, Bakersfield, California, New Delhi, India, and Cranberry, New Jersey. All right. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. I hope it's great for you. And I will be back next Friday with not only of Mastodons and Men, but the next episode in the Wonder Years Jobs Edition, the third episode for that, which will be entitled Sex and Economics from Season 6. Kevin decides to paint his teacher's house with having next to no experience. He hires kids that he thinks will work for next to nothing. However, they swindle him and he's out 50 bucks a pop for three guys that 
only want to perb on the teacher and do no work and take constant breaks. Also, there's a hardware store guy that is just ripping heaven off. I don't know what type of store he went to. It clearly was not a Home Depot, Lowe's, or Menards. I say in the episode, you'll hear me say it, he should have price matched. He should have done that before he even took the money from the teacher. Say, hey, let me go to some stores, let me do some price matching so I know what's what, and give you an estimation of what I'm going to need. Yeah, that is how you do it. And you hire people that have actually painted houses. Better yet, teacher, you should have just hired professionals. It would have cost more, but it would have gotten a better job. Granted, it takes Kevin, spoiler alert, six weeks to paint that whole house on the outside by himself. What a... That's dedication, guys. Dedication from Kevin Arnold. Alright. <laughs> have a great night, guys. See you next Friday.